bubble as you clutch a red dragon. A bearded woman punches from behind her flagon. Dead bog all around, you're sinking in the sand. An important contract turns to ash in your hands. Our powers have you, our voices seduce. You're practically drowning in cauldron juice. Two figures are leaving this tall, dark gray fortress. And this fortress is, in, is kind of in the middle of this huge metropolis, the metropolis of Brooklyn. And the two figures have put on these cloaks. It's raining out. It's late fall. And one ahead above the other, one with short black hair and the other bald. The bald man is following the, the taller one down some spiral staircases out of this, uh, headed out of this fortress. And we see them go out into the rain briefly and then make several odd turns through the street. The second man occasionally checking behind them, but the first man in front confident in his route. And that first man is you. And you're walking, and at this point, you can feel Torre being anxious. You just feel like his presence be more anxious because you have not shared everything with him yet. All right. Just for starters, I'm going to do my divination thing. Yep. Oof. That's not great. Those are not going to be very helpful. They could be. <laughs> they, they still could be. I want to make a check that I'm going to try to fail. <laughs> well, if you get a worse one. Yeah. Yeah, I think you um, you just double-check the gem in your pocket as you do that. Mm -hmm. Do you want to do that before you leave the fortress and leave the gem there, or do you want to take it with you? In this case, I would take it with me. Okay. He says, that Thaddeus, are you going to let me in or not? I would really like to know what's going on. It seems important. I know, I know. I just... I don't get a lot of fun these days, and messing with you is just... A little bit entertaining for me. This is so appropriate to our actual friendship. Um, <laughs> okay, so... But yes, Tori, we have a problem. We have several problems. Well, I'm certainly aware. We have dragons that are tearing through our fair city, that are abducting our animals, that are killing our citizens. We also have this rebellion that is seeking to usurp me. And don't forget the queen. The queen is right on our backs. Uh, I could care less about the queen at the moment. She is a faraway problem to be dealt with later. As for the other two problems, what if I told you I found a way that each problem could solve the other for us? All right. You've got my attention. And uh, you guys uh, pause as you look both ways before crossing a rather large street. There aren't a lot of people out, but it is raining and sometimes carts go past and things. And you also still are making sure you're not followed. What time of uh, what time of day is it? Um, I would say it's not day. It's like 11 p.m. Okay. Yeah. Then actually you <clears throat> see practically no one. 
as you guys cross the street, if we had an omnipresent view, you would see a guard with a lantern turn a corner uh, to the street where you just left. And you go back down toward the alley, alleys, and you're headed up toward um, toward the wall of the city, toward presumably some sort of exit. Tori says, I have yet to think of a solution that could solve both problems. Well, remember how I directed our research to find some way that could, some method to slay these dragons? Yes, and I put in my own research as well. It was very, very helpful. And, you know, the obvious thing to do would be to take that knowledge and use it to arm our own forces so that they would fight off the dragons and free this land, right? Well, yes. That's what I was doing with my time. But what if instead we were to give these weapons to the rebels? Fighting a dragon, regardless of what kind of weapons you have, incurs heavy, heavy casualties. But if we could encourage the rebels with these weapons that give them just a little bit of a better chance, they might kill each other. Um, at this point, you reach this wall of, of the city, and there's some sort of secret passageway here, um, but you know this town. You know this huge city. Even though it's huge, you know it inside and out. So how is it that you leave? Harry Potter bricks? No. I, I refuse to put Harry Potter references into my character. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can I just steal whole thrower from... <laughs> no. Um, um, no, I don't want to... That's do... so powerful yeah, that no, I, don't I don't want to give it to you. Yeah, yeah. Actually, what I do is I just keep walking towards the wall. Okay. And I turn around and say, Tore, you're coming, aren't you? And then I just walk through the wall. Just like platform nine and three quarters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, I hate you. <laughs> yes, because Harry Potter was the first thing to come up with a wall that you could walk through. That had literally never been done before. Actually, where has that been done? I'm sure it wasn't Harry Potter first. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Um, okay. You pass through it, and you don't see this, but Tori rolls his eyes. As we go through the wall, I see the corpse of a school, of a, of a school child in robes. <laughs> okay, great. So uh, Tori rolls his eyes and pushes his hood out a little more to block more of the rain and passes through the wall. And looking behind him at this dark, completely abandoned alley one last time before he goes. As you walk out toward the forest, make a perception check. 17. You notice that based on already what you know about your city, but also just your keen eyes, that there are there is a guard scout that is up in the forest, that they're stationed there. Um, They're stationed all around the city. And he's looking outward. Um, He's like in this dark leather in the rain. And he's just a couple feet off the ground on this like tree-attached platform. Uh, You can either try to avoid him or take him out as you approach the forest. I mean, I wouldn't try to take him out because he probably works for me to a certain extent. Um, True. And pensions are expensive. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll say this. If you do try to avoid him, um, there's a chance that he could spot you anyway. Uh, if you try to approach him and talk to him, that m- might be another way to get him to not worry about you. I'm just going to cast Fog Cloud. Okay. Um, are you going to do it like, <clears throat> uh, I'm assuming subtly? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a dark and stormy night, presumably. It would not It would make sense for some fog to show up somewhere. And... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you have it come in from the forest? Yeah, just kind of rise up out of the ground a little bit around where we are. Yeah, you hear uh, the guard from far away. Uh, he, you hear him a small, God damn it, 
you hear him kind of shuffling around and you think that he's probably getting down from the tree to move and you take a path uh, that skirts around him. As you're walking, Torre catches up to you once again and he says, okay, but you still haven't really explained anything yet. Like I said, your research was very, very, very helpful. At the moment, we're currently on our way to inspect a factory that is producing arrows for us. What kind of arrows? I call them Scalesbane. Sir, that's not the greatest name. (laughs) Scalesbane arrows will pierce a dragon's hide like it's nothing more than human flesh. And how is that possible? Well, we have a recipe that we found through this research. Unfortunately, the original discoverer of this recipe is no longer with us. Torre takes your meaning, and he says, I assume that this factory is in the middle of the forest somewhere? Yep. Who, who will be making them? Surely we have people who would betray us. We cannot trust random people we hire. We have to be, just as our, your main security, uh, we vetted them extremely well. Yes, we did vet my personal guard and did a very good job of that, but this needs an even more stern layer of security. How do you mean? Can we show up at the factory? Yeah. So you don't answer him, and you spend 15, 20 minutes striding through this forest. You eventually leave a, a small trail. You'd like go off of the trail. I want to give you an opportunity to, like, explain some sort of magic way of how the factory is hidden in plain sight. As I get to the right spot, yeah, I mutter a very subtle magic incantation. Mm-hmm. And as I say it, a chunk of the ground that's perfectly rectangular comes out and there is a staircase in there. And I just go down the staircase. Oh, it's underground. Yeah. Okay. You look back at Torre before headed down the stairs, and you see his eyebrows go up, and... Come on, you've followed me down into weirder places before. All right, I knew it was here. I just didn't know what it was yet. Uh, and then he follows you down, and you get into this magically lit, kind of like a warehouse. <sighs> For the audience, when I said lit, I got two arm pumps from uh, Mr. Quinn here. The ironic part is I hate that word. Okay. <laughs> So you go down and um, there is this woman and she is tall, thin. She's elven. And uh, she's like, she looks to be like middle-aged. There are wrinkles that line her eyes. Her face is quite smooth for an elf. Like there are some kind of magical processes that have smoothed her face over time just from her exposure to it. She has like this uh, like dark brown skin, but the edges of her face and hands and ears, it's like been lightened. Um, again, probably from exposure to magical elements. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's alchemy. <sighs> okay, great. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. <laughs> I mean, you're the one who invited me to do this. <laughs> You see uh, a sort of assembly line um, and tables. There are files and mortar and pestles. There's a bunch of equipment. And she had just come out of some kind of office with a clipboard and she stopped. What? Clipboard? What? We can't. We can have magic, but we can't have fucking clipboards. No, no that's. <laughs> I don't think clipboard lines up with what we decided was going to be how this place functions. Don't worry about it. 
Okay. I got you. Okay. 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 She she comes out and <clears throat> she she goes, ah, Master Quinn, I was not expecting to see you so soon. Well, we're I'm here to show my uh, trusted colleague and advisor here what this process is and what's going on down here. I thought we agreed that we would show no one. He effectively counts as no one. She nod, She hesitates for just a second, and then she nods. And she hands you uh, the clipboard, and she said, I was just going over the final process, and uh, I wanted to write it all up for you to review. I, I grab the clipboard and look down on it, and I frown just a tiny bit. Again, just a small moment that before my regular composure comes back. Mm-hmm. So how is the production coming? She says, everything is just about ready. We are waiting for the dragon scales, and we just need a bit of blood to start the process. I understand you have some. And Tori goes, ah, that's why you brought me along. And he uh, opens his cloak and pulls out a small vial and hands it to you. Thank you, Tori. She and she takes it and like holds it up and lights a magical light at the tip of her finger and holds it to the bottle and kind of looks through and it's this like bluish green uh gel gel liquid inside and she's looking at it really closely and she says and my payment I I give her a, I give her a sack of gold out of my pocket absolutely yeah she takes it back to um, the office that she came from. And for a moment, you're alone with Torre in this warehouse. And you look down into it, and there are people down there um, that just a ways away from you. Um, and they're all standing kind of still at each at a, at a station. Yep. Okay. Uh, do you want to <laughs> say anything to Torre while you have a moment? Take a careful look, Torre. The lights in this facility... They're only for us. Torre cocks his head to the side a little bit and finally, like, takes his hood down to get a better look. He takes a few steps towards the people at the station who are just waiting for some kind of instruction. And as he takes a couple more steps, he stops and turns back to you. Are they? Yes. What about the, what about the elf? She was not meant to write anything down and you will have to deal with her later an unfortunate consequence that gold will get her over the river sticks and uh she comes back out and she um puts her hands together and she says is there anything else that i can be of assistance perhaps you'd like to tour the facility it's not a very big place it's a one room warehouse sort of i i trust your competence. I just wanted to show my friend here what we have in store. Excellent, excellent. I think at this point you leave and Torre stays. So you're now on your way back alone and you pass through the same illusion, illusory wall that gets you back into the city. Uh, halfway between the wall and going back to your fortress, you are quite sure that there's hardly anyone out. But as you turn down one alleyway, there's a hulking figure leaning against a wall. And he says, Baron Quinn. I keep walking. Uh, okay. As you walk past him, he turns toward, turns around. Uh, he wasn't really expecting you to just keep walking. and And he goes, have you thought about our offer? I turn around, mm-hmm. and I walk up to him, and I tell him, 
as generous as your offer was, I have come up with my own solution to this problem. And if I see you again, I will have Torre finish you. Good evening. He looks pretty surprised by that. And I think you just turn and then continue walking uh, in the rain and make it back no problem. Yeah.